This is the Amateur Skeptics Podcast number 279. Join me this evening, Mac. With my normal level of heinous buckery with a soups on of bitter irony. Fair enough. And Mad Cat is with us. Hello, hello. I have nothing in my mind to say. Okay. Well, and of course, joining this evening, again, thanks Obama, the dumbass himself. Clearly state that the invention of technology to send shitty photographs shitty photocopies over phone lines through a roll of spooled paper was a terrible idea that never should have been brought to light. Okay, so we're denigrating the fax machine. Apparently. <laughs> That's right. And a photocopier. That's right. Well, no, no, no. Over a phone line. That's right. I, 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 am, I am an anti-faxer. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Good one. Good one. I like that. <laughs> all right. I'll allow it. How's everybody you doing? That doing all right. Doing basically okay. Got to see some raptors yesterday, so got to see a Harris's hawk, a turkey vulture, a uh, a golden eagle, and a eastern screech owl. That's cool. Yep. Now, uh, you know that if you see an egret, you can only see it once. Because mm. if you ever see it again, it's a regret. I'm not giving you that one. I'll take it. <laughs> but wasn't the gret killed at the, uh, at, you know, the big wall? No one catches that one. The ice wall? I- Yes. Is this a Game of Thrones thing? Yes. That's why I don't get it. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's why I don't get it. Okay. I don't get it either, but I have I've read the books. Let's, and... let's say something about Hodor. Oh, Hodor. Hodor. Let's say something about Hodor. That's right. Hodor. 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 Okay. Hodor. Pulled pork. Hold I door. saw a uh, I saw a a thing from uh, some some talk show that George R.R. R. Martin was on, and I don't remember who the actress was, but she was asking him, okay, I'm going to ask you uh, questions about the book, and you tell me who's saying the dialogue. And so she says, Hodor, and he's like, she's like, close. It was actually Bran saying the Hodor's name. Okay. I thought that was brilliant. <laughs> All right. So, Messi, you got anything for me? What? Well, uh, I don't have anything personally, but uh, I, I do understand uh, uh, that, uh, like, Ian's not here tonight, so he can't uh, plug his... Uh, upcoming book of uh, uh, a novel of uh, erotica, uh, Jordy and Armand After Dark. Oh, wow. Oh, well, I, yeah. I, was... I, I, I think we, we should plug that for him. I'm looking very much forward to it coming out. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Jordy and Armand, book mm-hmm. of erotica. That's, yeah. yeah. After Dark. Uh, yeah, After erotica. Dark. Yeah. Okay. okay. Very good. We'll let him know. Yes. We <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if we've got nothing else. Wait, wait, yeah, wait. obliged to do it. I do have one oh, okay. interesting piece of information for the upcoming movie Spider-Man: No Way Home. Uh, it is said that you know it's it's well known that Doctor Strange is in the movie. What is the most recent information is that Doctor Strange, in addition to his normal his normal clothing, will be also wearing green peppers and onions because he will have assumed the title of Sorcerer Supreme. Well, I hope he doesn't have a run-in with Pizza the Hut. <laughs> Or the Taco Bell dog. Yokiro. <laughs> uh, on a stick. That that one's that one's tougher. That that's uh Oh yeah. Oh I know where that that's Jeff Dunham. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He had a jalapeno on his stick who was scared for his life. Yep. Because of Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, okay, I think it's it's time to move on. And if we're gonna do that, what time is it? It is Ian and Dumbass's Masturbation Moment, brought to you by the Dumbass Medium Empire. 
Amateur Skeptics present Ian's Masturbation Moment, brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Dumbass Media Empire, bringing you content that touches people while they touch themselves. Okay, <laughs> should we skip over uh, yeah. Ian's? Uh, yeah, well, because want me to redo it without Ian. He put all this. No, he put all this stuff in here about vibrators. You, you know the, how to choose a vibrator and all that. But since he isn't here, we're going to talk about fucking dolphins. And I'm not talking. Okay. I'm not not fucking dolphins. I'm like fucking but dolphins. Fucking yeah, yeah. Well, Brian, literally, do you have dolphins? You know, in the harbor where you're at. I don't think so. Okay. So this is not necessarily a step, a step-by-step guide from personal experience. <laughs> it is not. Now I know they have a swim with the dolphins program. Do they like if you slip them a little cash? Do they uh, uh, bring you into the more exclusive program? I don't know. I do know that in San Antonio you can go um, swim with dolphins. Do the and dolphins, the dolphins, have, dolphins a little, rape you. have a little string around their, their waist that you slipped all their bills in? <laughs> they have to get a pole out there. All right, let's reel it back in here a second. Just for a second. What, Just... what human product do you think dolphins would buy if they could? <laughs> Silicone lube? I mean... Right, let's move on. <laughs> this is your thing, Brian. You introduce it to us. The uh, the headline for it is... Oh. Uh, uh, human on dolphin sex is not really that weird. So, Brian, why are you advocating for human on dolphin sex? <laughs> okay. I'm not not advocating it, but I'm not advocating it. I'm I'm neutral on the subject. It's all about consent, and and that's exactly what we're what we're talking about here. So, uh, the the article is from Salon, and it, and it says it's safe to say that Margaret Howell uh, Love Love it. Will be will from here on out be known as the woman who had sex with a dolphin. And here's the thing. It isn't like she <laughs> ripped off all her clothes and you know and got and got intimate with the dolphin. It's more like she was in the water and the dolphin came up and would hump her. It would hump her leg or which oh, is no different than a dog does. No different than a dog, right? And so 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 she she um, she was a scientist doing a doing a some um, doing work for NASA, and what she said was that the the you know she would basically jerk the dolphin off. Now let let it get itself off, so they could move on to, to business and and to, and to do what they wanted, you know, do the other things they need to do. And and she said that for me this wasn't sexual, for him it was. Um, and and that and that's and that's it. And this story has I I I've heard about it here and there. I mean for for a long time now. And this this is from 2014, and I and it seems like I heard about this not too long ago as well. Um, but. The the part in the article that is the most interesting to me is is not the is not the you know the part about the, you know the the dolphin. It's when you get down here and you start talking about how they do this for commercial markets. So sex does, uh, no, but here's the thing: is that if if your job is to breed horses, it isn't putting yeah, two two are. horses in a cage. It's it's jerking off the uh, jerking off the stallion, collecting the seed, and then you know, and then they and then they take that. Terminate. Yeah, and, and inseminate the inseminate the um the other horses, the uh, mares. And I know that they do no. that with bulls, although they, they do it with uh, bulls. I, I know that they they 
they can do, I guess there's some sort of artificial device. You don't have to actually do it with your hand. There's some sort of an artificial device, essentially like a, like a flashlight for holes. They, they, they have a thing where they can get the horse to mount it and, and they can collect it. But here's the thing is that they're still doing, they're, they're doing it and going a step further than she did. Yeah. It, and it's just, it just. Yeah, it's not like she, not like she called out, take me, you cetacean bastard. Right. You know. I mean, where, where no man has gone before. Well, and well, here, here's the thing that, uh, um, what was that, dumbass? Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, there's a delay on your audio. When when you speak, it takes a second for for us to actually hear what you're saying for some reason. Oh, uh, I'll try to keep that in mind. So, um, I got I get one of the things that spurred this was uh, an email from Howard. Big surprise. And um, and it said um, that he, having sex with a dolphin, what what we you know, which we're more closer related to. Um, makes more sense than Superman, who no, is an alien. Who Superman, are who are not? <laughs> Superman having sex with a dolphin is likely to make Lois very jealous. <laughs> Although I, I guess if you read the comics, uh, I, uh, I do. I guess if you do read the comics, though, he did have sex with a mermaid. I mean, uh, I guess it does depend heavily on uh, what you consider sex. I mean, um, just standing there while the other creature, you know rubs itself against you i'm not sure that oh i uh, I, uh, depending on how wide you make your definition i suppose i mean that is not sex that's um how much is she involved in that situation right well i mean there you go right i mean it's it's not i mean certainly the dolphin's getting off yeah Yeah. but you know if you're letting the dolphin rub on you you're just simply not saying no well and that's exactly what she said she consented but that she you know she didn't uh, um you know she didn't didn't enjoy it well, she, she didn't I mean, reciprocate. Yeah, she said it wasn't sexual, maybe sensual. I mean, yeah, I mean, she 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 didn't she didn't care is what it came down to. She, you know, it was fine. She sexually manipulated him, and <laughs> she didn't get anything from him. Right. Even though he tried, but nothing went. I mean, she, she didn't like reach down and give him a hand job or anything. Right. Exactly. No, no, no. She did give him a hand job. She didn't give him a blow job. Well, okay. And the blowholes for breathing, really. Who's fucking the blowhole? <laughs> what, here, here's, here's what Howard told said. He says, dolphin-human sex is within species that are much closer to each other than Superman and, and, and human sex. Um, I guess we don't know that for sure, right? We don't know, you know. Um, mind you, Superman might be classified as not real. <laughs> what? Yeah, I'm not sure where you're going with, but you, but you, you better tread lightly. Mm. <laughs> well, he is the epitome of uh, how rights and law, rights and such. Next thing you know, are you going to be telling me Jesus? Superman would definitely go down on a woman. <laughs> it's that Batman you got to watch out for. So, anyway, so I got another one here. So this one is from Case in Point. So this is a this is somebody's blog. And he doesn't—he doesn't think too kindly of the whole situation. Um, he says, first off, dolphins can smell fear, so logically, you need to reduce the output of your adrenal glands. The best way to do this, of course, is with alcohol. And he suggests a blood alcohol level of about 0.2. Uh, and he says, bring a breathalyzer; they're about 70 bucks on eBay. Test frequently. And then he goes on in here to talk about the the uh, the water being too cold. <clears throat> and here's the problem: I don't operate so good already with alcohol. The, the water, I think, is less of an issue. But what he suggests using is a little, is a little thing that that uh, that skiers use, you know, to warm up their fingers and stuff. Um, and then he's talking like those, 
Like those chemical packs? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know how good they are in water. Uh, I also don't think they, considering that they, it's hard to control the temperature of those. I don't think I want those next to my junk. Yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah, no, I'm, I think I'm with you on that. <clears throat> but he says, yeah, the, the cold water is also going to be a problem. So so you, you're going to need to use those to make sure you're getting the proper amount of blood flow. I, you know, heat is a bigger issue for me than cold. I'm just cold. Maybe, maybe cold might not be an issue. I don't know how cold yeah, the water but is. Can you really help getting hard when Flipper is there rubbing up against you? Probably not. I mean, this is the next one. Now, here's the rub. Since acquiring a tame dolphin to exploit sexually is virtually impossible, thanks, Obama, you'll need to find a wild specimen. Now, that's not a problem. And here's the thing is that dolphins, the, the dolphins up here in San Antonio are in warmer water. That That's not going to be cold water. That's not extremely cold. So I, I'm not sure that, that yeah, I think that you can choose your temperature. It's just a matter of looking for the dolphin. And he goes on. I mean, he, <laughs> the blog is funny. It, it, and it taken as just as kind of a, a ridiculous joke is it, it, pretty good. I, I mean, I, I guess I don't know enough about the guy uh, to tell you anything more than that. I thought I found it humorous, but I did. You know, I just it just this, this idea of you know if if you if you want to do this on pork piss, eh, eh, uh-huh. eh. you're giving me a headache. <laughs> Big headache. So anyway, so I th- I found the I, th- I I at least found the blog humorous enough. But the idea, you know, of, of interspecies sex is, I mean, it. I, I, I think that we I think we're making too much of it in some ways. I mean, particularly with an animal like a dolphin, that I mean, it's certainly consenting, right? This idea that that this dolphin got off on the on this woman, this this researcher, she did not have sex with the dolphin. It's that same, it's that same crap about you know we're so puritanical about anything sexual that yeah anything sexual both titillates and makes us ashamed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so this so this woman's famous for having sex with a dolphin that she really didn't. And uh, and she was a scientist. She was she was doing scientific, you know, doing. Uh, it's not like she. It not it's not like she tried to see if if female monkeys could have orgasm. Okay, that was in here too, right? Yeah, that was a, another person did a study on that. What? Yeah, that's it. That's in the article as well, in the salon article. You know, it's they not talk like about they that. Put, it's not like they put monkeys into dog harnesses and cat collars to see if they could get them to to have an orgasm. Okay, that's not in here. It is. Yeah, it's in here too. Totally in Oh wow! Okay. So not only can they make female monkeys have orgasms, they can make them have bondage. Well, they were getting rats off, right? With a with a brush, uh, a yeah. student brushed a rat's clitoris again and uh, and set down, set it down again, and the rodent rodent sleep hole. Yeah. So they. Yeah. So I mean, so this it's not that uncommon for a for a scientist to you know to do this kind of research. And yep. and and if you're not a scientist and you're doing and you're doing it to make money and you're collecting you know you're collecting semen. Um, you know, then, 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 you know, then, then it's not a problem at all because that's capitalism. If their capitalism is okay, if there's science, there's a problem. Yep. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's move on. Boring topic, anyway. Here we go. This is this is timely, Mac. This anyway. this one from Mother Jones. I kind of think that this should actually be in vitro or common sense because we're talking about a vaccination, or COVID vaccination for for five and up now, right? And they've changed the dosages. I mean, yes, it's yeah, it's uh, it's basically uh, debunking uh, uh, anti-vax myths. Uh, like, yeah, the the debunking is common sense, but uh, the myths that are out there are WTF? Are they thinking? So it depends on how you view that. Yeah. So this is five debunked anti-vax myths about kids COVID nineteen vaccinated. What do you got for me, Mac? Right. Isn't this oh, Mac? Oh no, this is dumbass. Uh, this dumbass. Dumbass. Oh, this is yours. Oh man, Mac's got all the, the all the ones about you know turning <laughs> chickens into dinosaurs. I'm sorry. 
Okay, yep. dumbass, tell me all about it. Right. So yeah, these are um, uh, basically. Uh, this came out uh, before the uh, the doses for uh, children had had been approved. I believe they've just recently been approved. Am I right about that? Yep. Yep. So yes, uh, the uh, these are like taking some um, anti-vax talking points, saying why they're wrong. So uh, the first one thing uh, one here says um, almost all kids who get severe cases of COVID nineteen have pre-existing conditions, so we don't need vaccines for healthy kids of that age. The big reason that's misleading is because, well, you, you can say most kids uh, have um, underlying conditions, but uh, a third of kids uh, who are hospitalized uh, with COVID-19 uh, do not have any underlying conditions. That like It's around a third, somewhere around uh, 30% or something. So like that that's, that's a huge chunk right there. That's pretty high. Yeah. That's a significant margin. Mm-hmm. Well, and kids are getting um, sick also, from this, like, uh, right? like the, Yes, and stuff that... Um, that are underlying conditions that that could cause them problems are stuff like asthma. That seven percent of kids have asthma. You you probably you know if you know a number of kids, you probably know kids with asthma. Me. And, and you know the point <laughs> also is that if you don't vaccinate your kids, they may not have a pre-existing condition, but they may end up with a post-existing condition if they do get COVID. Yeah, that's the other thing that that they're not talking about here is that that, that the long-lasting effects of COVID are affecting kids. Right, right. Yeah, kids can get long COVID too. They can, they can yeah. get uh, uh, problems that will haunt them for the rest of their lives from COVID. We think, uh, at right? Much I mean, rate than it's possible with uh, vaccines. Yeah. Not to mention the factor that these these situa- uh, the long-standing symptoms from it. They don't know what all of the symptoms are going to be from having uh, having COVID. Right. Now uh, the second point here, uh, the the claim is. That the kids' trial wasn't big enough to detect part harm, potential harmful effects from the vaccine. Um, and the thing that uh, you've got to remember about that is that uh, um, they've done like uh, uh, they they know how uh, adults' bodies relate to children's bodies. Now um, uh, there were like uh, forty-four thousand uh, uh, people in the adult trial um, for kids aged five to eleven. It was around um, two thousand two hundred and sixty-eight. Is the number here? Um, uh, but, uh, they, uh, they studied among teens too, going down the scale and the most, uh, common uh, side effect was, uh, inflammation of the heart muscle called, uh, myocarditis. Um, in all, in all cases, uh, the condition resolved and the risk of, uh, suffering, uh, such a thing as a result of COVID-19 infection was far greater. So, uh, this is like an appropriate risk trade-off here. Uh, there weren't any cases of myocarditis in the kids' trial. Um, yeah, and they think and, that's because uh, of the dosage, right? Because the dosage is so much lower that they think that right. there might be a dose dose uh, might be a dose response issue there. Yeah, they, they think that might be part of it, and also uh, kids' bodies will work uh, differently. But um, they they know what they should be looking out for from from all the other experiments they've they've done. Um, they they know what's plausible. To happen, there's enough of uh, a risk reward in this uh, situation for for them to say, uh, yeah, we can uh, we can watch for we we know what to watch for. We know uh, we we don't need we we've got all these uh, this other information uh, from these studies and through throughout the years from studying how uh, kids and adults relate to each other. Yeah, it's not it's not just this two two thousand two hundred sixty eight people study that we're relying on for all our information here. There's a whole wealth of scientific data. National Centers for Health Statistics as well. Yeah. Sorry. No, that's fine. Mm-hmm. What, what's the next one? So the, the third, the third uh, claim here is that parents of vaccinated teens have reported many serious side effects to the vaccine adverse repent, uh, re- event reporting system. 
and that the CDC slash FDA slash mainstream media, et cetera, is covering it all up. Now, the thing about that, they, these, like, um, what people don't understand, these are just, like, this is raw um, data, coming, more like anecdotes just uh, streaming in. And they, they, these have to be filtered to find out, like, which is, you know, like, uh, possibly something else or which is uh, actually a vaccine side effect. Um, but they're, they're like the, these people are just looking through the raw stuff. People, people sending in, you know, whatever they think is going on. You know, like uh, uh, I felt uh, a little itchy the day the day after I got the vaccine. I, I think it was a result of the vaccine. It's worse than or, that, though. Well, whatever it is, my, and it could... I had my kid vaccinated, and he became moody and difficult to deal with. <laughs> So yeah, that's, that's so, yeah that, so here's the thing: the, the VAERS system, everything that goes into there is completely unverified, and anybody can report anything into that system. It, it and the problem is there's it's it it ends up being a lot of junk that has to be filtered through, and it's not supposed to diagnose anything. It, it the idea of the VAERS system is to is to look for a trend, and if they see a particular trend, then to and then to break that down, and then and then somebody has to go and do a study or or, or look into that trend. The system in and of itself tells us nothing. Not to mention right. So yeah, just cherry picking. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I was saying just cherry picking the anecdotes that uh, show something alarming, and then putting them out there as like verified fact is uh, pretty irresponsible. Plus, if the if they are putting in information and they don't have to verify it they're not bringing their children to the hospital to see what exactly is wrong yeah well that's in order yeah. to really make a clear case and next you're going to be telling me that that you know confirmation bias is unscientific mm -hmm. it's also unsanitary mm -hmm. what about the mommy sense? all right <laughs> mommy sense. all right move on <laughs> so, so number number four um and this you'll find i think in all sorts of uh, 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 denial scientific discussions, experts disagree. Uh, that's uh, how they how it's usually put about whether it's a good idea to vaccinate kids. And um, uh, yeah, they they didn't go too far into it in the article here, but it's one of those things where yeah, like um, to some any wide ranging field, there'll be some crackpots in there who disagree. Whereas most of the scientific experts will be like, yeah, those guys don't know what they're talking about, and like. That, that this is one of those cases. This this always pisses me off. You've got ninety nine percent of 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 you know of experts saying you that we need to vaccinate our kids, and you've got one or two people out there saying no, it's good, it, it's killing them, and that's not a disagreement. That's not a scientific disagreement. That's a couple of quacks. Mm -hmm. Well, this one said seventeen experts said yes to the shot, and one abstained. Yeah, that's from their. Uh... That's better than ninety nine percent. Yeah, because the other one just uh, the FDA panel. So. Yeah. Um. So, so yeah. I mean, like, um, uh, which is uh, a lot of it is just to say, uh, Andrew Wakefield uh, does not represent uh, the scientific uh, uh, general um, consensus on things. Yeah, and why do we keep going? What well, I mean, you, you bring up Wakefield. I mean, with I mean, and I understand why. I don't understand why he why he is still seen as some sort of authority on this. He was his <laughs> medical license was stripped because of the ethical unethical way that he did his research and it was junk research to begin with mm -hmm. it, it just floors me that 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 man is still revered in any ways whatsoever as an expert because people, what he had to say well and you're right about that right i mean i know exactly you know, why but... well he, he can easily present himself now as uh, uh persecuted uh by the uh uh the authorities for like having a uh 
an unconventional scientific view. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on to five. Um, the claim is that the risk of severe side effects from the vaccine outweigh the risk of getting COVID-19 for this age group. The basics of this is like, no, absolutely not. I mean, maybe if COVID, if the incidence of COVID-19 were uh, very tiny, uh, that might be true, like if the risk of getting it was uh, near zero. But uh, no, um, the, the risk of getting it is, uh, is uh, fairly decent. And um, the risk if of getting worse side effects from uh, COVID-19, uh, it's, a, it's a lot worse than your risk of getting side effects from the vaccine. And like, that's... yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that, you know, before the Delta virus started to spread, that it was, I think it was true that, that young children were not were not great spreaders of, of the disease. But the Delta, the Delta virus, the Delta variant leveled the playing field. So I don't think that's true anymore. And, of course, young kids, they, they are getting sick. Why, why do the, why, I mean, let, I don't, I, I, as a parent, having a sick kid is the worst. You don't. You don't want to see your kids miserable and and can't do anything for them. Ugh, get them vaccinated. And they whine, and you have to get stuff for them and everything else too. Well, that that's when they become teenagers, it's even worse. <laughs> but young kids, yes. you know, there's nothing that you, you 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 get to a point where it's like I can't. I just can't help you. I'm sorry. You know, I know you're you're miserable. Ugh. And you should be miserable. Yeah. <laughs> I ju- I just threw this in here because we did mention long COVID. And it says, so 50% of patients have these symptoms after, uh, says new study. And so they say that more than 50% are experiencing fatigue. Uh, more than 50% are experiencing pain. 50% are experiencing weight loss. 50% are ex- uh, more than 50% are experiencing fever. And I guess so uh, fever signs of the body and the infection traditionally is a good thing. However, with the, uh, with the long haulers, uh, they have what Dr. Fauci calls... Uh, temperature disurgence. Anyway, the, it's, a, it's a condition that's being caused by this. So the, the fever is, you know, this is part of the long COVID effects. Uh, it says, um, then it says nearly one in four experience uh, difficulties concentrating. Uh, and then it says that then it has a list of other symptoms that uh, that the that the um, the long haulers or the long COVID. It it it's it, this is a bad virus. It, it it's it's not. <laughs> I just feel like sometimes it's not being given the respect that it deserves. It, it it's mm. it's hurting a lot of people. People seem to be joking about it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's, oh if it, well, if it was as dangerous as the flu, are you kidding me? It it kills more, it spreads better, and it lasts longer. Even after even after you think you flush it out of your system, you continue to have symptoms. And what I don't know about this research, and I'd be interested to know, is that on breakthrough infections, are any of those people getting long? Because if they are, I might not leave my house ever again. <laughs> I mean, that that is one of the problems, right? Is that, you know, is that it, the way that it, you know, shut down and affects on the economy and everything. But but you know what else is hard on the economy? When everybody dies. Mm. Yeah, yeah. We can't get out anything out of them that way. Yeah, but they're carbon. <laughs> it did for, you know, that's funny. It did for a short time and it rebounded with a vengeance. All right. Mm. Jurassic Park 1.0. Chickens with dinosaur features features have been created. Scientists, oh my God, it's Armageddon. Human hybrids are the ne- are, are next. I tell you. Yep, uh, I think they're not there till the second. Oh, okay. Well, you know. <laughs> so essentially, what happened here? They never actually hatched these. What they did was they experimented on chicken embryos to try to turn off a gene that. What they were what they were trying to figure out was they were trying to understand 
the evolution of the beak and how that beak came to be came about. And so what they were doing is they were turning off certain certain genes that they thought were related to it. What they got was they got a they got an embryo that had a dinosaur like palate and teeth. So in other words, they ended up with a dinosaur snout instead of a beak. Yeah. Now this this um, this picture on the on the website here on the article that that's a artistic rendering, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because they never uh, the the doctor said that there would be no ethical reason to hatch these. Although, you know, on this, I would have to go back with the logic of Steve Zissou uh, and say revenge. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, essentially, latter part of the article also addresses, pretty sure, I, pretty sure that was in this article also. Yeah, okay. So Jack Horner, who is one of, I brought him up, he and uh, Dr. Robert Backer are the two paleontologists who Alan Grant in the Jurassic Park movies were based upon. Okay. And, you know, somebody asked him at one point in an interview, you know, hey, do you think this is real? Could they actually get DNA out of out of uh, amber and engineer a dinosaur? And his answer is, that's not how I would. Right. His answer, you know, basically, his answer was, I would re reverse engineer a chicken. And <laughs> what I guess they're trying to do right now is they've been trying to work on at the embryonic level, they've been working on it on chicken embryos to see if they can lengthen the tail. Okay, I remember that research, and I think that they they found genes that they turned back on to do exactly that. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so essentially, that's that's step one toward you know you know pocket velociraptors. But here's the here's my or, question to you, wait, Mac. Oh, okay. Purse sorry. What? Purse velociraptors. Oh my God. You're a horrible man. <laughs> uh, I, I'm sorry. If I saw a girl with a pink purse with sparkles on it that had a velociraptor in the purse, I would have to give her some props. Yeah, but the problem is it probably Frosty got there by eating the chihuahua. That's that's fine. But if she kept it, you know, I still got to give her props. Here's the thing, Mac. Is, is any of this necessary? Is any of this gene, you know, editing necessary? I, I think that I think that the, the dinosaur you're looking for already exists. It's called a cassowary. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they are, the cassowary is definitely pretty close to that dinosaur. The emu. But, you know, I ask you, um, I ask you the question that mo many scientists have started off with before exp embarking on experiments like this. Is there a payday is, at the end? No. Would it oh. be neat? Oh, well, sure. And it would be. It'd be really cool, wouldn't it? It'd be very neat. As, as far as, is this necessary? Um, you know, it might be necessary to understand how certain genes work. Is it necessary to to hatch a hybrid chicken that has velociraptor features? I think that's going to definitely cause a lot more trouble than it's going to solve. Is it though? I mean, here's the thing: is that here, it's something the size of a chicken we can we can deal with. I, I think that this makes way more way more sense than the woolly mammoth research that's happening. It makes way more sense to to reverse engineer a chicken, right? Something that. We can give well, a proper quality of you, life. You, you don't go and for mammoths. You go for mammoths. But those the thing are, is... Those are miniature mammoths. <laughs> thing is, who doesn't want a compusignathus? I want one. Yeah. Um, I guess, you know, you say something the size of a chicken can be, can be dealt with, can be reasoned with. I didn't say reasoned with. I was going to say, don't say that because you have a conure. I said that I, 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 we can find a way to we can find an, a way to put it into an environment that it will thrive. I'm saying that it's harder to do that with um with a woolly mammoth, something of that size. Even in yeah. zoos, 
you got to sometimes w- wonder, you know, if the, you know about the space concerns about keeping these large mammals, right? Well, and my concern with woolly mammoth would be temperature concerns. Sure, you've got to be in the right right climate, right? I mean, is it where you've got to do it somewhere where it's going to be cold enough for? for but a chicken, you, you, you can create. In, uh, what's sorry. that? I was going to say we can create an artificial environment for something the size of a chicken. Plus, if we put them out in. You know, somewhere like the Florida Everglades and such, we could get rid of a whole bunch of snakes. Yeah, they might they might take out some of the snakes for us. Let's send the velociraptors <laughs> in. Uh, have you guys ever heard the story of the old one who swallowed a fly? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How else? I'm, how, just, I'm just saying, I've heard how this story ends. And Why does he keep buying all the cats? How else is he supposed to get the gerbil out? <laughs> you know, um. It ends up with, we, we have velociraptors. <laughs> We're going to have to make a, a tyrannosaurus to get rid of them. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and the year after that, nothing happens because, you know, at that point, we're all eating. Enough. But there, you know, you do make a good point. Have you ever watched any of those uh, puppy kitty stuff on YouTube where they're playing with a chicken and the chicken chases them all over the place? Yeah. Turkeys do uh, that, too. And geese do the hell out of them. Yeah. So, geese are, yeah, geese think are... of that, they'd be, that would be kind of scary, wouldn't it? All right. So, Brian, I will grant you at chicken size, they could be dealt with. But if they get goose sized, no. it's anybody's it's anybody's <laughs> game at that point. So, just along with your next article here, uh, at what point do you think we'll be getting Tiny Jurassic Park? I do not know, but I'm going to actually, I'm actually going to jump articles real quick. Okay. Since we're talking about these things breeding, let's jump articles over to Condor Parthenogenesis. So California condors have been discovered to have virgin births, just like some uh, some amphibians do. Okay. They are producing young without any DNA from a male. Really? Yeah. As I understand it, uh, it's, uh, it's fairly common among bird species. This is just the first time it's being observed in uh, the condors. And, it, you know, it's important with the condors, though, because the condors are pretty endangered at this point. So, yeah, unfortunately, the, the two uh, parthenogenesis chicks uh, didn't survive. Parthenogenesis. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. I read that in another article, I think. Ah, uh, well, that sucks. So they didn't make it, huh? Yeah. I guess I'm, so they, did they lay a fertile egg then? They laid a fertile egg that hatched. It just didn't have any male DNA. According to the genetic database, they could not find any DNA from a male in in either one of the chicks. They only, right. the, 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 G, the GNA only matched up to the two females that hatched them. Right, and uh, the, the, that uh, kind of surprised them too um, uh, because uh, uh, there was um, a, a fair number of males for them to mate with. Um, and I believe that they they, uh, they did hatch uh, chicks from other males. Um, so it surprised them that uh, w- without a, a dearth of uh, male sperm that, uh, they, that this actually happened. Yeah, that is fascinating. Well, that's one woke conure. <laughs> so as far as this one about the, the tiniest dinosaur that dumbass was talking about, they found a dinosaur skull inside amber that is actually, it's not only the smallest, it's a, it, essentially they're saying it's a dinosaur on its way to being a bird, but it's not just the smallest bird on record. It is also the smallest dinosaur. It's actually smaller than either, than even a bee hummingbird, which is the smallest known yeah, it was. And it's, 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 this isn't even secondhand, like a uh, like a mosquito in amber. Uh, the, the, the thing itself, right? Well, mm-hmm. he was probably chasing a mosquito when he got into the. <laughs> but yeah, they found they found the skull, which preserved the beak, and but 
uh, they thinking they think that they're only measured high, about five centimeters in length, including a long tail. That's crazy. So, so which billionaire do you think is going to uh, now set up a tiny Jurassic Park? Elon Musk? Well, I, I don't know. Uh, David Attenborough might t- make pick up where Rich and Bur- Richard Attenborough stopped. Who knows? Because he goes around doing a lot of ecology videos, narrating them at least. Yeah, I just thought this was interesting, though, that we discover something new that we never even imagined could have existed. Uh, you know, when we think of dinosaurs, we think, you know, gigantic, gigantic claw prints from a Tyrannosaurus, not something smaller than any of ever seen. However, we so, do uh, know that there's things like, there were things like the Compasignathus and We such. do, but that's so, just not the first we think of. No. What I is, do, but what, what is the... The smallest bird. The smallest bird they're talking about is the bee hummingbird. And that, and what does it weigh? Find out. Bee hummingbird. Females weigh two point six, and are six point one centimeters long. Two point uh, six. Males are one point nine five and five point five centimeters, which is two point two inches. So I mean, that's not terribly bigger than what we're talking about here. No, but it's it is still small. Sure. Yeah, as far as well, what, it could uh, be a juvenile. Also, take into account that sure. the, the the tail that they're talking about on there is definitely longer than what than the tail they've got on the bee humming. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like that. Yeah, interesting, fascinating. Yep. Uh, you know, as far as uh, what you were saying about the Comsognathus, um, you know, okay. they're not thought about as often as a Tyrannosaurus is, but you know, there's benefits for them too because they got they get Comsognathus for it. Ancient humans were were farming cassowary. That seems dangerous. Mm. Yeah, I got my own theory about that. <laughs> but what they are what they're saying here is that they are thinking that some of the early humans in in Papua New Guinea they found that they had cassowary shells from dwarf cassowaries, not the full size ones, the dwarf cassowaries, which are presumably slightly less dangerous. They found shells that had been hatched at an extremely late date of development for the chicks, meaning that they may have actually hatched them live. They also found shells at a late date that had marks of being cooked at later at later um later Maybe. development as well. So much like we you know, did a duck egg perhaps. Yeah. With the fetus in it. Right. And it's you know, essentially they are theorizing that they were capturing these eggs and imprinting the chicks so that they would be more docile with humans. Okay. My own theory is that they were taking these eggs, they were basically capturing chicks so that they could get eggs as a ready source in an attempt to make a uh, proto-mayonnaise, but they never really got past a week. (laughs) Proto-mayonnaise. You know, I love a good culinary joke. Hot so. Um, But weak aioli, come on. Aiolis are great. It's just mayonnaise. Yeah, I know. Um, Anyway... What they did to, to date the fragments, they compared them with ostrich eggs at different stages of Okay. Uh, they used that to create a model estimating out how old a developing chick was. That's awesome they found that. Yeah. It is. Sam's theory is that modern humans can't do it, but she thinks it may be a uh, Neanderthal trait. Well, haven't modern mon people tried to kind of farm them? I mean, they do have them at zoos enough, but... Well... I don't think we've actually tried to farm them. We have tried to feed them, and that never turns out well. No, they have a tendency of attacking humans. Well, they have a tendency of attacking when humans make the wrong moves. It's never been the cassowary's fault in any of these cases. Good point. 
Good point. The, uh, you know, but a lot of times cassowaries get into a situation where they are relating to humans and, you know, putting their toe through human chests because they've been um, fed and are expecting to be fed more. Or people are trying to move them from one area to another so that they don't get hurt and they just don't want to go there. Yeah. Uh, it also goes on to say that there's evidence that Neanderthals and humans could have harvested rock doves as early as 68,000 68, years. Okay, that's cool. What else you got here, Mac? You got a bunch in here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how many more do you Mac has got a couple uh, that she wants to do, too, so. And let me just do the I've got the one Kia. as well. We just do oh, the Kia one. And, Matt, and Dumbass has got one, too, that he wants to cover. So, let, so do the Kias, and then we'll move on. All right. So, um, you know, I don't usually like to read articles about the about the fall of mankind and uh, our eventual our eventual extinction but they've trained kias to use touchscreen <laughs> oh boy <laughs> and uh, you know how that's going to go and we've already got birds that have figured out how to how to exchange objects for coffee at cafes usually by stealing the object in the place you know you can have your hat back if i can have your coffee <laughs> but mm-hmm. Yeah, we also we're also talking about birds that commonly do steal objects out of tourists' cars. Oh yeah, and and here's um, the thing is I don't think that they you know they 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 know that these things are valuable. You know they don't know what they are, but they know that the humans want them and and they know what to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to tell about... sometimes too if they if they're like if they really intend to uh, exchange a thing or if it's just like they're interested by the thing and uh, uh, but they're they're like oh this other thing that you're holding out interests me more and they drop that thing. Well, Maybe. they definitely like coffee. They're definitely interested in coffee, <laughs> and they are—they're definitely uh, the the other thing they do in the cafes that are near where they live is they definitely will test drinks, and if they don't like it, they'll dump it so that no, no other birds might drink it. Because <laughs> if they don't if like it, if they don't, then it it can't be good. Right. So they'll dump diet drinks and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. These are also the birds that there's a story about a uh, pet store owner in the Netherlands who got three of them in as, you know, potential to sell and to sell to customers. And mm-hmm. one day while he was at lunch, one Kia opened his cage and went over and opened the other two Kia's cages. And then three Kias went and opened all the cages of the rest of the animals in the pet store. And in the remaining 20 minutes of the guy's lunch, dismantled his cash red. Yeah, it's it's possible. But can we verify that story? I, I I've seen it more than once, but I can't. Yeah. You know, I can't independently yeah. verify. Here's the, the, the I mean, they they're they, these are the world's smartest birds. The they 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 yeah. absolutely the smartest bird in, in the world. They're 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 incredible creatures, and and they're really I mean they're they learn and 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 they adapt. I mean they're they're incredible, and you know they're second. They're the second smartest. Widely acknowledged to be the second smartest, right behind the green cheek conure. Yeah. No. World's smartest bird. Connor doesn't get nothing up. on him. You nothing. Take it up with, take it up with Tango. You know what? Hey, hey, hey! Can they sing the alphabet? Um, neither of these are good talkers. <laughs> <laughs> then I think I know who the world's smartest bird is, sir. The crow. No, he's going Big Bird. Right. Oh, Big Bird. Big Bird. Yeah, yeah. Big Bird got vaccinated this week too. Didn't Big Bird die? What? Just this week? Yes, just this week. Bird, bird, bird is between five and seven years old, so it would, ju- it would be just this week. Oh, okay. How long has he been between five and seven years? Forty years. Uh, okay, <laughs> so he's fudging his birthdays a bit. <laughs> he's he's lying a little bit about it. You think? 
Uh, he would he, he, be lying because he was scared to get the vaccine. Hey, I did manage to Kia-proof my house, though, Mac. You know how I did it? Got rid of all the Dutch screens? No, I keep it on the other side of the world. Well, that'll do for a while. <laughs> for a while. <laughs> that'll do for a while. I, I've also heard stories about Kias actually boarding aircraft out of curiosity and then finding their way back home. So Yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I, I, can't, I can't verify that either, but... You know, I, I I can tell you that I read a story about a guy who thought he was going to send a, a crate of Kias to his friends in Japan, <laughs> and the crate arrived. Yeah. No, I did, did keep, I mean, it, it, the other, you know, it's like Kias and cockatoos. You cannot keep them in cages. Oh, you cannot. They will find they a way out. Yeah. I don't know. This is, I mean, that's by far my favorite bird. The Kias, the Kias, the, they're awesome. Yeah. As much as I've got a fondness for the cockapo, I, I don't think that they are all that bright. No, they're stupid birds. They don't. They don't <laughs> well, I wish they were a little smarter. Yeah, I wish too. But I mean, where they were, where they, where they evolved to live was an environment that was essentially predator-free, so that they would keep their population by breeding really slow. So they didn't need to be smart to survive. They just needed to occasionally find each other and and make more cockapos. Sure. And now they're all isolated into a couple of different locations to try and have humans help them for cockapos. But anyway, they oh, okay. teach, they taught these Kias to use a touchscreen with their tongue. Uh, they said that the beak will not operate a touchscreen. I have other information that says that a, a Conure can operate a touchscreen. <laughs> eat it. But he can eat it. Oh no, I've <laughs> seen instead of chance. Tango's touched the touched the screen on stuff and and moved my cursor uh, one time, causing me to significantly rewrite a sentence so it did not make sense. <laughs> he also has figured out that if he jumps down on spacebar at the right time, the computer does all kinds of ridiculous things. All right, Matt, he dumbass wants to talk about manually inseminating monkeys. Okay, <laughs> uh, is this a situation <laughs> where you've got a step by step guide? Or do they have to be in water? Oh no, I, I read this wrong. Scientists put human intelligence into a monkey, not not semen. In intelligence gene. Right? Oh, even uh, yeah. So so, so uh, basically, um, we we talked earlier about uh, the scientists that uh, uh, edited that uh, bird genome so that it became more like a dinosaur's net with teeth, and they stopped that in the uh, embryo. And uh, so Chinese scientists have said. Fuck you and your Western morals. <laughs> we're putting, <laughs> we're, we're putting uh, human intelligence genes into monkey embryos, and we're we're bringing them. Uh, we're, we're making actual monkey. Um, right, and I've so, seen this uh, movie. Yeah. I, I've seen this movie, what? and it doesn't end well for humans. Right, we, we we all know we 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 all know what's going going to happen here. We we all know like the the the, the gene is uh, MCPH1, uh, which contributes to the size of the brain. They put that into these monkeys, and uh, they've measured uh, a little bit of, like of extra um, was it short term memory or something? Okay. Um, or uh, so, yeah, so they, they've had they're they're a little little bit better than other monkeys at doing some brain stuff. And uh, but but we all know that what's really going on here is that they're actually super intelligent. We've seen the movies. If movies have taught us anything, they're they are super intelligent. They've devised some sort of like really complex language to speak amongst themselves. 
and they they are plotting against us, and they will take over. So my question for you guys is: um, uh, Are you going to be uh, uh, in the resistance, or are you going to be collaborators? Uh, myself, I think I'm going to collaborate them. I think you know, uh, uh, monkey men uh, might do better than us at running the place. I say I say we give them a chance. Well, you know, uh, dumbass, you want the Statue of Liberty? buried halfway into a beach because that's how you end up with the statue of liberty buried halfway i mean uh sure i, I wouldn't mind that yeah, it, yeah, it yeah. would be much easier to get to uh I, my, my question is do you think this will happen before our robot overlords mm, that depends on I how mean, working on it i mean i've already kind of committed to the whole robot overlords thing so the monkey <laughs> overlords is just not on my radar i mean and if they come first i'm gonna have to totally rethink a lot of things what about our kia overlords? well they're coming too yeah they are <laughs> lots of them are and, and you know i, I i'm hard pressed to say what's gonna be our overlords, so. <laughs> i'm a collaborator either Cornelius. way I'm definitely a collaborator. So, uh, are, are we going to put in bets for which one which one is going to rise to prominence first? Cornelius. <laughs> well, considering that an ape has already done it once, I'm I'm, I'm going with the monkey. I'm going uh, with the primate. You know, I'm going considering how how much we like parrots. I'm going with Kias. <laughs> On the other they, hand, they can, they can do no fucking. The the other evolved apes are pretty good at. You know, and messing things up, and they could easily develop the robot that's going to take us over. Robots. Now, I don't think I don't think anybody ever anticipated that robot overlords would be created by our ape overlords. So true. That's, well, yeah, that's a novel. View. <laughs> All right. Yeah, but the Kias are the ones that takes everything apart. So, we, yeah, we, the, the main point of this article is that uh, there are a lot of scientists who are questioning the the worth of experiments like this. Um, uh, not so much that they think like these monkeys in particular are being mistreated, but where could this lead? And of course, you know, like if you create uh, a monkey who has actually has uh, human level intelligence, you know, like uh, what implications does that have, and how would it fit in with uh, regular society? I think you've got a real problem now. I mean, because now, because I mean, if you if you create something as smart as the rest of us, and and keeping it in captivity becomes, uh, we even have we already have those discussions when it comes to, you know, dolphins and orcas and stuff like that, right? So, mm -hmm. yeah, that's that's a tough one. They just need, you know, if you manually stimulate a dolphin, it's known to have an orcagasm. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. I I don't know. I don't have an answer to that. I think that that's one of the reasons that, that in the U.S., those kinds of ethical questions, they try to answer ahead of time. This is why we yeah. didn't hatch the chickens. Um, yeah. But, but, yeah, you're, yeah, but yeah. I mean, like, uh, the, again, there are less uh, restrictions over there, too. And um, my understanding is that uh, gene editing technology is becoming cheaper and easier, which means that, you know, it, we used to say before that um, uh, it's like the, the age of, like, the single science scientist uh do inventing something or discovering something new is kind of over but you know maybe it'll become like more like either small groups or single individuals who will be able to like mad scientists stuff like this well and we we've seen that the ethics standards are different when it comes to capitalism versus in the scientific field right we, we even with the with our first dolphin story you know if, if you're masturbating bulls that's fine, but if you're masturbating dolphins, you know, and, and so for for, for science, it's a problem. So is it the same way here? You you can you can develop a velociraptor, you know, for capitalistic reasons, but not or for scientific reasons. ones or military. I mean, maybe or make those tiny hummingbird ones. I don't those know. could 
Yeah. Right. Well, we we got we we got a couple. More. We got to let Mad Cat do a story here. Okay. Uh, could I ask one question? Yeah, Brad sure. Cat does her stories. Oh. So those those tiny those tiny bee hummingbird sized dinosaurs. Considering the uh, discussion we had about birds being fake, were they fake too? <laughs> no, not at that time. They're they're fake now. Okay. Right. Yeah, that would that would have been well before the uh, the robots were created. I don't know. They could have fl- they could have uh, chipped out flint circuit. All right. Are we talking about goannas? We are talking about not a goanna, actually. It is a great big, lovely. <laughs> he's cute. Uh, water like monitor. Isn't, a, isn't a monitor a goanna? It's a massive lizard oh, known as the water monitor. I thought the water monitor was a goanna. I thought that was just a. I thought mm. I, I thought monitors were goannas. Goanna is a type of monitor, but not all monitors. <laughs> You're just making that up. No? No. Uh, let me see. Uh, it is a Nile monitor. Okay. It's a type of, yeah, or it, it is a Goanners are, are monitor lizard. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, so, so the, the water monitor is a Goanna. I think a Goanna is a specific monitor. It is. I don't Goanna is a specific uh, monitor. Specific. Nile monitor, definitely. Yeah. Water monitor is a water monitor. Still, re- they're related per se. There's, but I, I think goannas are just. I think I don't think a goanna is a particular type of. There's a lot of type of goannas. Maybe I don't know. Maybe there are. There's a ridgetail goanna. Um, a racehorse goanna. Okay, but maybe the but maybe the uh, the water monitor is. So maybe there's a there is a slight difference between goannas and monitors. So boy, now see, but now it's a whole can of worms. That brings up a whole can of worms. Anyway. With this. They're big. Water water monitors are big. Yes, they are huge. And lots of people actually do have them as pets. Yep. Oh, yeah. I could buy Um, one right now. I know where to get one. Oh, I could buy. uh, You could get one for $200 from the underground underground, uh, reptiles. I don't got to buy them. I don't got to buy them from the underground. In Texas, we sell those things to everybody. Mm Mm-hmm. You can't. You can't. Uh, alligator. That that's different. But uh, but I can I can I can easily get a um, water monitor. Well, you know, a secret, Brian. Um, you know, alligators are actually free. You can go down to the water and just grab one. Nobody's gonna stop you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, even up in Canada, we, people are people have you water know, monitors. Dumbass! If you hadn't gotten your information from one-handed man, I would be a lot more confident. <laughs> anyway, this water monitor has gotten into this this neighborhood and has gone into this yard many times. It had been around for about three weeks. They're, of course, they're trying to catch it and relocate, uh, not relocate, uh, set it up somewhere. Um, however, they keep it keeps on coming back to this yard. And of course, they have two little children, so they're not let, bringing the children or I guess they don't have any animals or at least don't have any small animals anymore. That is kind but, of the point. <laughs> they do have a pool as well and the father actually said you know a water monitor can swim it's a water monitor and it can run faster we than we can run yeah that leading kids up with that so yeah they're trying to capture probably, yeah, probably, i don't imagine it can sustain a run for very long and probably sprint really fast right yeah I, they're, they're oh, not they're fast yeah but they're but 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 they're not they're not endurance Right on land, on in the water, you know that that they probably can go for a very long time. But on land, I I don't think that they, you know, a sprint on land is probably very quick. Uh, yeah. the bass, um, 
fastest lizard. No, no Asian water. Not the fastest. They doesn't. I, I'm not saying. I'm saying they. You know, they, they can't run a mile. They they can uh, go 20 feet. They're sprinters. Yeah, and and for very yeah. short 40 distances. 40 kilometers an hour. Yeah, but yeah, for how? Pretty fast for even if they're a sprint. Yeah. Sure, but how long can they keep that up? How long can yeah. you keep it up? I mean, if you, if you get if you get too close, they'll probably I don't, be you in a moment. Yeah, I don't have to outrun. I do not have to outrun the monitor. I don't have to outrun the, mo- the lizard. I just have to outrun you. Well, that wouldn't be too probably, hard. Probably just keep However, up that pace for a few seconds and well. then have to stop. Me by three seconds. Probably. Oh, wait. Sorry. <laughs> so, do, so do the uh, water monitors, which brings us up to the next point that a Godzilla lizard, which was, once again, a water monitor... Terrorizing a 7-Eleven by scaling the shelves, and they have video of it and a whole bunch of pictures. Where is this one? This, is this also this in Florida? Was it's in this one oh. is in Tokyo, where there these guys are. <laughs> I was kidding. I wasn't kidding. It was climbing. It looks like a. It was climbing the uh, climbing the. Uh, Drink uh, in the drink aisle. That I mean, that and is then, that is big. That, are you sure that's a water monitor? That looks that's a big monitor. He's that's huge. That's a water monitor. They Brian, this, wow. Nature points out again and again how how uh, history shows again and again how nature points out the folly. Of- I just think I just think it looks like it's bigger than than a water monitor. I mean, it's it it it's huge. But I don't this know. This is hilarious though. I wanted to buy a drink, but the animal was too close to the drinks aisle. Well, they're dangerous animals, especially when they're angry. So I stayed back and recorded it on my phone. Yeah, you can. Yes, the I mean, have everything, even lizards. That tail could break your leg, and and oh, their yeah. bite oh, is yeah. is fierce. And probably also filled with filled with some nasty bacteria. Yeah, the, I don't know that. I think that you know that that's um uh is that true of all monitors? It's certainly true of um of the uh, the komodo. The yes. komodo yeah. dragon, right? Let me see. I found uh, actually that the Komodo drain does have uh, some kind of uh, venom. I think that might be. I think that's yes, true. Yeah, I think that didn't they find that 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 uh, most lizards do? Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I thought that. Water monitor. Well, maybe no, no, maybe that's not true. I don't know. As far as as far as I know, oh. that there's only two that they consider poisonous at this time, and that's the beaded lizard and the in the Gila and the Gila monster. Yeah, the beaties, uh, the Gila's are, uh, but it's. I, Actually, on the body too. Uh, water monitors stay away from humans. Blah blah blah. That doesn't mean anything. About that guys, mild effect on humans. <laughs> oh, the the venom of monitor lizards has a mild effect on humans, but they use their venom to kill small animals. Okay. It's, I, this list is growing. So this says ten plus um, venomous lizards. Now the but the Komodo vat dragon doesn't. Does it have a venom? Yes. The lacy monitor is on here. The water monitor is not on here. I always heard that it wasn't actually a venom with the Komodo. Yeah. That it was. Uh, that it was a uh, just a bacteria. A, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah that's that, that's what they used to say. I think the new thing is uh, that they found that uh, it actually does have venom. Yeah, it's yeah. built in to it. To uh, they are venomous. They're saying now. Yeah. Yeah. And it, then I put a list of the seven most dangerous lizards. Well, including. A, Lizards and a turtle or tortoise turtle. Oh no, the water monitor is on here. Mitchell's water monitor. Yeah, it's a snapping turtle. I keep on messing up the snapping turtle and tortoise. Like, all right. Anyway, well, you, you don't want to get bit by one of these. And yeah, it says the it says the uh, it says the Mitchell's water monitor is venomous. So I don't know. So there are different types of water monitors. Yes, there are. Yeah. So wow. 
So there's the Gila here, who that's number seven. Number six is a snapping turtle, which here, we bye. can figure out why those are a problem. Yeah. yeah. Mexican beaded they will lizard. Take a hold. You not let oh, yeah. Your arm would be gone. If it, if it's a big one, yeah. <clears throat> um, but they're also interesting animals. Uh, there's the Mexican beaded lizards. The iguanas, which can get pretty darn big. They're not venomous, um, but they are. They will bite you and break your arm yep. with the tail if they're big enough. Oh, yeah. They can break your skin with your tail if they're not big. Well, people. I still have I still have scars across the bridge of my nose from where an iguana uh, basically jumped at me and, and bit me on the way past. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, they can be. They can be yep. quite aggressive. You thought, you thought that my email address of iguana bites was... You thought that was a... Well, I like that. I just wasn't sure what the reason for it was. There was a reason. There's there's a point where, from that iguana, his arms were all scratched up and and just a ton of of bites and stuff. There wasn't just Uh, one bite. I showed up up on my mom's birthday with four Band-Aids across the bridge of my nose and two black eyes saying, it really is not as bad as it looks. (laughs) So that's a it's a it's a vivid memory. I take it you got yourself a an iguana and it wasn't a happy one. Uh, I I had an iguana and at that point it became Sam's iguana. Yeah, after she learned to masturbate it. Well, she never had the problem with him that I did. So. <laughs> well, did you have him from the time he was little, or was he? I uh... did, but he was always he was always ugly tempered. Now understand this was a this is not a pet store iguana. This is a no. this is an iguana. That somebody smuggled up from Mexico in his suit. So yeah, he was a happy, happy puppy. I have, I have understanding that he didn't have the greatest and most auspicious entry into the country or beginning to his life. We had a re- we rescued an iguana like that too. That was just it. Just didn't work. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of people don't realize what exactly they're getting to when they get these animals. Oh, they, sure. They don't and, know that it's gonna. They don't gonna know that it's until it reaches six or seven feet. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the small animals, and that includes dogs, cats, and such. You don't know how big they're going to get. Well, people half the time. people Here buy an anaconda. The same the same thing with a green headed anaconda. People buy, you know, it's three feet long when they buy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Well, you know, the, you know, the anaconda don't want none unless it's got buns. I, I heard that. So, you you should if, if you should do your research. Like never mind like uh, this stuff. When, when you're buying a dog or cat, you should research the breeds and stuff, sure. and uh, yeah, uh, what, what kind of traits different things have or whatever. But what with some of these, life. yeah, some of these monitors, people yeah, but, buy them because they're going to get that size, and then they just can't yeah, handle it. Right. Yeah. And people some do love dangerous animals. <laughs> and, and you know, people people who love that, you know, get, you know, should have like uh, all the knowledge of. Uh, what they can expect and how to take care of it properly. Well, yeah. so, they, yes, what they expect. But they used to sell tokays. Uh, they still sell tokays at about 50 bucks at times. However, do you know how big a tokay gets? I think the tokays have gotten cheaper since they legalized marijuana. Mm, yeah. <laughs> More tokes. Yeah. So you you went through these seven most dangerous creatures. Um, uh, yeah, the, I almost, yeah, almost went through. There's the tree crocodile. Or what's referred to as crocodile monitor as well. So I guess that they're considering the beaded lizard and the Gila monster to be the same, right? They're they're just putting them in the same category because they don't have them both on here, and they are yes, different they lizards. Oh, is it is the Gila monster on here as well? Yes, right at the start. 
Oh, did they consider that? Is it is it is it less? Um, oh yeah, there he is. Is he is he less dangerous than the beaded lizard? I mean, they're they're related. Uh, is just one more, maybe more aggressive. Let's see. The Mexican beaded is slightly larger than a Gila monster, uh, okay. apparently. So it's about thirty-two inches or eighty centimeters, <clears throat> darker than the Gila, but otherwise similar in appearance. Species inhabits da 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 da. Mexico, Guatemala, and they're similar, relies on stored fats, and is strongly illegal trade, international trade pets. Yeah, on YouTube, there's a guy, uh, Bear Grylls, I don't know if you've ever watched anything that, that he's done. He he startled a Gila monster and got bit. Ooh. And and you uh, can watch him go through it on, you know, I mean, it, it was, it he lived, of course, um, but it was, yeah. it was, he, I mean, he, he talks about just how much it messed him up. Yeah. I have a, I have a reptile friend, a friend who has reptiles in the reptile community that I'm in. And he has three Gila monsters and they are so well trained and everything. He wears gloves to, to, uh, interact with them. He, he does not do this BS of, you know, uh, not having gloves or anything, and he actually lets him walk around the house. Hmm. Wow. Well, he yeah. puts on slippers and everything, and you know, lets him walk around for a bit. And he takes care of them and watches over them while they do that. He doesn't have all three out at the same time. That's an easy way to have one. Yeah. Letting them all out at the same time is. A- <laughs> yep. Sure. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, he also has a uh, a green green pie. Oh, the ones that green tree are python. On, the yeah. it's well, it's an emerald tree python and it's a green tree boa. Right. One of the two. And yeah, he has one, and he's able to actually rub its chin and everything, and it is puppy dog trained. Yeah, even those, you know, those species of arboreal snakes tend to be a little bit more frisky, um, but they can yeah. be handled, you know, handled yep. appropriately, and if they've been handled a lot, right. Yeah, and he had it since it was pretty young, and he took time to take care of it and everything. It's pretty great. You should come on to one of my uh, one of my streams and see him handle it. I always liked the carpet python. Beautiful snake. They are very nice, yes. So I guess, and, you know, spoiler alert, number one on your list is the Komodo dragon. Yeah, scary, scary, scary animal. Love it. Number one uh, with a bullet. But I wouldn't want to get one, mind you, because it would eat darn fast. But is it? But is it more dangerous than the Nile crocodile, or even you know some of these alligators and stuff that are in my neck of the woods? Um, the crocodiles. They probably are. Alligators are not that aggressive. Deal with. I mean, I mean, even cats have been shown dealing with uh, with gators at least. Um, but these guys. Yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah, I think that <laughs> the Komodo very... dragon is much more aggressive. Like, there's a, there's a, um, Komodo Island is a dangerous place for humans. But Brazos, oh, yeah. but, but, but by me, there's a place called Brazos Bend. Not by me, it's a couple hours, it's an hour or so away. Mm-hmm. And it's an alligator park. Um, and, yeah. but in, 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 it's, it's a, it, it, the state, you know, does a lot of, you know, alligator research and stuff there. But you can just, you, you go there, if you get there in the morning, they're out sunbathing, right? And you just, I mean, if if they're laying on the path, you just don't go that way, and they're they, you know they're 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 not going to come and attack you, um, but you know, but they're they're all over the place, right? You just don't you just don't get yeah, too close, and for the most part, and for the most part, if you do get too close, they run away. They really don't want to have any. Um, but I yeah. think though, 
a little dog on a leash. I, I think that I, would I, be I, that's I, difficult, right? I think that's bait. That's a bit hard. Yeah, yeah. But just just a dog on its own, uh, probably if it, if it managed to get close and it sprint at him, would fire a Yeah. Now, cat cats are like you know, I always got the, the fastest sprinters with... out there, like yeah. I always got the impression with the Komodos that it wasn't so much that they were particularly aggressive. It's just that they were, they're always, they're hungry. always hungry and they will always eat and they don't distinguish between, you know, they don't have any fear of man. Don't they hunt you know? in packs though on Komodo Island? They I mean, do sometimes, I, yes. I was going to say, I thought they were solitary. But no, okay. I don't think so. Mostly they're solitary. However, they will hunt in packs as well. Um, and, I was watching this one documentary on them where they were actually catching them. I guess, you know, scientific stuff and everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the big even one, the smallest ones were fun. Yeah. The big ones will eat the little ones, right? The the little ones oh, yeah. are in the most jeopardy. They, um, but they don't if, really babies go right up trees. They don't babies really distinguish trees. between food and shouldn't. Yeah. 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 But, and, you know, we were talking about people adopting ex- aggressive animals. And we've got a, we have a man, I'm going to say the terrible phrase, there was a guy in Florida <laughs> who got killed by a cassowary that he it was he was keeping because he fell into the enclosure. It happened. Yep. The thing is, is that normally what happens is that we make some stupid mistake in our care. Sure. And yeah, yeah, yeah. We get we get hurt. Like, you know, you train your animal, your dog to jump up to get a snossage. There are times that you may accidentally get bit with the dog jumping up to get it. Might You might not uh, get the idea of how high it's going to jump at that point. Yeah, but in general, or the... Gets, or just gets over it. Yeah, but in general, the Correct. dog doesn't want, to, doesn't want to hurt. It's it's human. The cassowary, on the other hand, does. Cassowaries, yes. Komodos, yes. You know, I'm uh, going to say again, every every encounter that's ended fatally for with a cassowary has been provoked by humans. The human has accidentally uh, done understand something. understand, Lord, however, Lord. that cassowaries don't have a lot of they don't have a lot of leeway either. Yeah, mm-hmm. they are they are easily provoked. Yeah. yeah. So you have to have your your precautions set up for these type of animals if you're going to keep them. But there are people who get them and they don't have those precautions because they don't think of it they don't respect yeah yeah and then there's others who just want a great big animal to be impressive and these are not the just to be impressed uh, impress other people and they usually get in trouble because they have overthought what they got and now it's too big for them to control or they make a mistake and something happens but yeah, like I was kind of hinting at you. If you if you're going to get like any pet, but especially exotic pets, do your research. Find out what you need to care for these. Yeah, exactly. Find find a community in which you can go to and who will help you. Um, but in cases where these animals have been bought just to impress people, and it's turned out to a, to be a fatality, usually the coroners who end up on scene do end up being pretty impressed. Yeah. <laughs> so you know. It's it's a teaching environment for sure. However, it's also people, uh, if you don't know what you have and you just let it out and stuff like that, it leads to a lot of issues, including the animals starving, being hurt, not being able to figure out where it's supposed to go. Um, Plus, it also hurts the community 
for these animals who do have these animals and properly take care of them because one person accidentally lets out their water monitor and next thing you know you're going to have people saying well you can't have water monitors now because someone accidentally let it out or decided to let it out for some reason so all right we gotta wrap it up i mean only one last thing okay if you do have an animal that you cannot control or you you didn't realize uh, especially with reptiles and such well and dogs too but with reptiles go online find someone who will take the animal um don't just let it go and this is the part of the show where Mad Cat gives her address. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I'm not taking no sucker. You can send the animals FedEx. Wait! Oh, no, no. All right. you okay? No, no, no. I know that disappointment. Say goodnight. Goodnight, everybody. And there's some ember in the cat. There's another dangerous animal. If you've made it this far, that's an hour of your time. You're never getting back. But the amateur skeptics appreciate you giving that hour to us. If you'd like to tell us how you felt about spending that hour with us, let us know at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons Sharealike No Derivatives 3.5 license. Intro music by Peter Cannell. Find more of Peter's music at SoundCloud.com forward slash P-K-A-N-O-L. Exit music by OFM. Find more of their music at MySpace dot com forward slash OFMHQ. Artwork for the Amateur Skeptics by Sean Smith Ford. Copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraiture.